This is Cult Scenes K-Pop Unmuted, a podcast dedicated to in-depth discussion of K-Pop. We're your hosts, Stephen Knight. And Joe Palmer. And today on the podcast, we are discussing the month of April. It's a classic sort of roundup uh, episode that we do. So I will be discussing three songs and Stephen will be discussing three songs as well. Right. And so that makes a lot to talk about. Why don't we just jump right in? Joe, what, what's a song that struck your interest in April? Uh, it wasn't April, the group. Who, well, they were close. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so my first pick is uh, Timing by High Teen. High Teen are this early little known girl group. Their sort of debut gimmick was that they were all natural, no plastic surgery girls, four of them. Oh my gosh, um, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there's been a few like that, but it's kind of a gimmick that only works for a debut afterwards. No one really cares. And they probably break the rule after a while, but High Teen <laughs> seemingly haven't yet. Is there also a group whose concept is that they have a lot of plastic surgery? <laughs> there was, wasn't it? Um, they didn't start off, but then like they came back, and the whole point was that they had so much. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Gosh. <laughs> this month they came back with a song called "Timing," and I wanted to talk about it because I love it first, but also it, it has a nice, interesting comparison with Twice because the song is quite similar in like the name of the song and that phrase they use uh, seem like almost a reference to twice i'm not sure like i kind of like the songs in a similar level what is love twice the song from this month as well but um i think this has a little bit more of a greater physicality to it they're similar really like bright candy pop tracks you know timing has a bit more these sparse brassy verses where the girls sing over really really well and kind of builds and builds to a really great payoff of that love is timing chorus which is that other reference from twice who in heart shaker they use that phrase as a little ad lib in between and then their song this month was called what is love so it's like high teen are answering twice's song what is love with a phrase that twice had coined themselves previously Yeah, I think this song has like great energy. It even has this rap trap rap break, which I think just about works. It's like slowing things down really far. But she like the rapper just like makes it more and more cute as she goes, which I think kind of stops her from getting too bogged down and becoming too much of a parody of that style. And it's more her own sort of way. It even has a couple of those synths. I don't know how to describe them. Those they're really sharp, sort of horror film since mm. that you hear in so many rap songs and just a just a few just to reference it but, yeah, yeah exactly and I, I i like the way they they can take those sort of motifs without making fun of it while, while not also just doing it in a kind of straightforward way yeah reminds me of momo land a little bit too mm, mm. the way they, they like sort of express themselves in the song is modern and twice like in the same way they have little like and few more phrases like I'm only sharing with you the password to my heart and something else uh, referencing a phone, you know, same way that like twice are, have these like modern pleas asking men to express themselves rather than just going out and finding love. And it's not, it doesn't feel like a, the passive 
nature of you know a lot of these K-pop girl group songs. It's more that they're just hoping that like men can actually just like be more expressive and like help them out a little bit in this sort of push and pull of romantic gestures. And yeah, it's just a perfect, really quick slice of candy pop that just moves with great energy and fun and. You know, it really, like, the timing of it all, I love is timing. It, it feels really natural to me. Well, I was really excited to see you pick this. It's certainly, you know, an upset. Like you said, it's kind of an obscure song, but uh, an obscure group. But it's kind of a crazy song. It's a lot of fun. It's a little bit cheap, but it has all these breakdowns in it that it's not like something SM would put out. But mm-hmm. it's really interesting. They've got, you know, an instrumental breakdown and a rap kind of thing. And it's a lot of fun it's it's certainly not cookie cutter yeah yeah and like even with all those twice and that instrumental breakdown even sounds sort of like the one from cheer up as well you know not to it sounds like they're just completely copying twice but you know as you said they're they really aren't and it's like i said at the start a bit more physical and there's a greater like variety of instruments going on in the background that i think really helps it keep keep things going and like yeah, it moves with such great propulsion and, and all in the name of yeah, great fun. Well, I'm going to start out with a girl group also from early in April. There are a lot of girl groups that put things out this month. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to talk about all of them, but EXID put out a single. I'm a little sad that it's a single. An album would have been better, but EXID's Lady... The concept is basically, what if EXID were an 80s boy band, which I, mean, I guess the answer is that would be really great. They <laughs> There's a lot of videos with the throwback theme and they have you know tape recorders and VCRs and little TVs, but they I mean, the video really has horrible resolution. You know, the filter or however they do that looks like an 80s color TV, but it's a really good song. And of course, Solji is not back yet. They keep telling us that Solji will be back, and I certainly hope so. But it's it's just amazing to me. Of course, we did a whole episode on EXID, but it's amazing to me what a great group this is, even without Solji. I mean, they have Hani, who started out as a vocalist, is just really good on this track. You've got Ellie, who I think maybe pioneered that style of rapping that she does that's pretty common now and is of course a producer and songwriter and everything else. Hayden, who is the main vocalist on this song because Solji's not there, you know, she could she would be a top rate main vocalist in any group. Mm-hmm. And she's singing these soulful belts and dolphin notes and crazy stuff. And they don't even have Solji. Mm. So the song's a lot of fun. Like I said, it's it's a single. I think it would be really cool, like the way Wonder Girls had, you know, reboot I think it would be really cool to have EXID do uh, if they had done a whole album uh, in this style that would have been great but I'm not going to complain Yeah, I think this style is something that we've, we've seen a lot of, but I think with EXID, anything they could do with would work. And I think the song I liked, but it wasn't working too much for a long time. It hasn't been on repeat for me at all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I like that they sort of move away from the 
the Ellie Honey kind of verse uh, and then big chorus thing they've been doing. But I've always liked them because they've played so well to their strengths, which is that. And now they've they could have you know kept that sort of structure, but used these sounds. You know, it's interesting. You say we've heard a lot of this. Rolling Stone had an article recently about how American songwriters who do R&B are writing a lot of K-pop songs. Mm-hmm. And they were complaining about how in Western music, with the influence of rap especially, that composition has gotten a lot simpler. And a lot of times they don't even have bridges. You know, they just leave open room for a feature rapper to come in and so on. And they said in Korea, in K-pop, they're sort of reflecting back at us what the kind of songs that that we used to do and saying, hey, you know, these are great songs. Mm-hmm. And so we're hearing a lot of this stuff out of K-pop, but we're I guess we're not hearing a lot of it in Western pop music. Yeah, and I think what K-pop does and helps reinvigorate these sort of sounds is that because rappers are so ingrained in what K-pop does now that it feels way more natural, and especially with someone with Ellie, you know, who's involved in every stage of production for the EXID mm-hmm. and has been consistently with maybe the best K-pop girl group rapper. And uh, yeah, she works. She's like weaved into the song perfectly. You know, she's not just got this one break to do her thing. Yeah, you're right. It's not like there's not rap in K-pop. That, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's a huge part of it. Yes, so we're keeping with the girl groups for our next one, going to one of my absolute favorites and lovelies. Not that they're lead single on this latest album, uh, Heal. It's their uh, album closer called Shining Star. And it is produced by one take who they worked with uh, a lot last year. He did Twinkle. And kind of comparing this to their lead single, it's, it's sort of, and with like, along with the next song I'm going to talk about, it sort of explains why I think Sweet Tune have sort of gone down the road a little bit. But uh, I'll kind of leave that till later. Sweet Tune did the single? Uh, yes, they did that day. So Shiny Star is kind of representative of their very direct J-pop influence. You know, people talk about J-pop and lovely a lot of the time, but I feel like this is where they're really going with these like really big synths uh, that like really like take over the song once they come in and it like drives it to a new, totally new area where you weren't really expecting it to go. But that's not the best thing about this song. And the best thing about this song is its details. They have like that energy and that drive with the synths and it feels like it's going a lot, but they also have a lot of groove, you know, especially with uh, you think about um, Wow last year and this one, they have these amazing wandering bass lines and wonderful rhythm sections that are like almost always changing. What my, my favorite bit is right, right before the uh, second chorus, when it, the, the music drops out, there's this tiniest bit of feedback you can hear right before those synths come crashing back in and just lift the song and send it away again. What they're continuing to do here as well vocally, which to me, Lovelies have always been a perfect group vocally and again, using their, their strengths and they pair uh, GA and Jisoo together as these sort of small childish voices before bringing Jin right before the chorus and then K in for the chorus. So really contrasting those uh, sort of smaller moments and then the bigger moments and then they really go big, you know, same way in Twinkle 
and then this one is holding holding back and smashing through the chorus yeah it's stunning stunning kind of cosmic work almost well you know joe when you said that you were going to do lovely shining star i gotta admit i wasn't really paying that much attention i just kind of assumed that was the title track Mm. and as we got closer to the show and i was thinking about it i thought you know if we're going to talk about lovelies i've got to say something about shining star and i actually Mm. got online to just give you a heads up so that you you knew which of the other tracks it was and then i saw your message that you were talking about (laughs) shining star and i thought oh man joe is like two steps ahead of me all the time (laughs) no this is yeah the whole album is, is worth worth a listen you know there's other really interesting tracks here but to me this is like the pinnacle of what lovelies did you know and i listened back to their stuff from 2017 again and it it's actually gotten better for me in the in the months since. A lot of details and a lot of textures going on in these songs that I feel like are missed and is what I think separates their more recent stuff from their older stuff. You know, I still love that that work, but it, it's this is a, a little bit of a different level for me. Well, the thing that stands out to me about Shining Star is that chorus is just unbelievable how they all come in on star. I think with these big groups, it's surprising to me that they don't use their numbers to their advantage more. But I think that chorus with the vocals and then, like you said, that bass line that is going crazy there during the mm-hmm. chorus too, that's one of the best choruses. I mean, I don't know what whether to say K-pop or ever, or, but I, just keep, I could just put that on a loop. Yeah. Grouping voices together i totally agree about that and you know you don't even need to use all of them you know like once you have like the core vocalists of the group it can work and it does it it brings it onto like a it's like a joyous sort of chorus and then it moves it up to something euphoric you know and feels like we were being brought somewhere where we like yeah we we weren't expecting whatsoever it's yeah it's a, a testament to their voices but also the producers work you know and really pushing these girls and finding what works best for them. All right, well, I'm going to take us in a totally different direction now. For the next song I want to talk about, it's uh, a rap song, actually, and I guess the first male in our list today. There are there are several. Uh, Heian, the song is Boom Boom, and he is from the show High School Rapper 2, which I guess maybe I had heard of High School Rapper. I wasn't aware they were all the way up to two, <laughs> um, and obviously I've been following the show. Apparently... It was pretty clear to everybody that this guy was going to win. It's a Groovy Room produced song, which is, you know, I mean, that'll get your interest to start with. I think Tamar picked them as their, I don't remember whether it was the best or the up and coming producer last yeah, year. They've been doing some great work. Uh, and this guy is very skilled. I mean, he he's very fast. He articulates very well. You know, he can incorporate a melody into his rap and rhythm changes, does a really good job. But I don't know whether I would need a whole album of that. Maybe he maybe he can rap in different styles. Mm-hmm. But this song is just, I'm not as into rap as I used to be. Rap used to be a lot more fun, I think. And it's kind of a little more self-serious now. And like we were talking about, some the production is a lot of yeah. times can be 
simpler than a lot of pop songs. Mm. But the production on this, they've got the flute, you know, and especially toward the end where they have the rapping and the flute are together. It's really just amazing. Yeah, when you first told me, well, actually, when you first first told me you were picking this song, I thought it was just some typo, you know, the, the, the <laughs> words were a bit of a jumble, but... And when I saw it was a competition show song, I was even uh, more disheartened because I remember listening to like Show Me The Money songs and Pretty The Rap Star songs. And the problem I had with them is that it seemed like that, even if they weren't, it seemed like they, they had been produced in the span of the show and that, okay, we need this just like a track for a rapper to rap over. And constantly they're just very simple. And yeah, like, like you said, it was just like a beat and maybe like some sort of synth line and that's it. And then because... The main focus is the rapper. Right. But this one does go somewhere. And obviously Groovy Room are very experienced with uh, like a variety of styles. And what I liked is that it like has this more sort of like rocky verse, I guess. It's got like uh, guitars and, yeah. and piano, right? And then it incorporates a, a more like traditional like trap chorus with um, Shit K. But as it goes, it goes on, it, it sort of blends those two styles together to make something a little bit more worthwhile. And like you said, and then the flutes at the end, where it's just like, okay, they're just having a bit of fun with it. And I think it, it, it does work. And the kid has, is quick for sure. And yeah, it shows a little bit more. It's, it's like you said, he's like very clear and everything is saying, you know, if I feel like if I was a Korean speaker, it'd be very easy to understand everything he was saying. Right. Yeah. It's just a, High school boy, I guess. I guess so. He's supposed to be. And let me get his name right. I'm not. I think I may have screwed it up. It's Ha Haon. Haon. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I noticed that that Sheik K is also featured on Wien's single, and I guess it's good to be to get as much exposure as you can. But I mean, to be to be, especially on this one, to have a a newcomer who is just killing it i mean does he really want to be on this song with this kid yeah i don't know it it really feels with a lot of these mainstream korean rappers that they just do go on anything to get their name out there you yeah. know they they sort of become interchangeable to me like like if you told me like sani or shikke or whoever was on this i would have whoever you said i would have believed you like I don't, I don't know the difference anymore yeah especially with a feature where they're not doing their own music right yeah yeah and, and yeah this happens all the time and like, I mean, sort of in contrast to what we said earlier, this sort of is happening a lot where, especially with indie artists or, you know, sorry, sub, sub between indie and idol artists, they always have one of these rappers on their songs. And it, for me, it ruins it sometimes. And, you know, with like Susie's recent song and more stuff like that. Yeah. No, I agree. But moving on, we're staying with some boys and I'm actually returning to a group who I talked about not very well last time. So I'm back to talk about Snooper and their song, Tulips. Snooper is, they're what the hipster K-pop yeah. is like, right? Yeah. Gotcha. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but joining this, what I was talking about, Lovelies, I think my problem was not Snooper, or it's partially with Snooper, but also with Sweet Tune. So this new song, they're not working with Sweet Tune. After a long time, they're working with some guys called Obros. And Tulips is 
it's quite different what they're doing. It's a similar like sort of dance pop, but it's like got a lot of R and B to it. It's a little bit more like slinky and like a little bit more of a groove to it. That's like there's a bit of a mood and there's feeling to it. Whereas what I feel about their older stuff is there's high energy, you know, there's big, you know, expressive synths. But underneath that, I don't get anything. You know, I've listened to them a lot of times and I can't, every time I just don't, you know, focus and I can't really get into it. You know, it feels sort of like empty melodrama. Whereas here now, they've got a, a much different mood and it's got this like really relaxed beat that leads to a chorus and then it doesn't really change. But then their lead vocalist, Su Hyun, who they've always relied on, but they use him a lot different now to bring it somewhere you know, with his, his falsetto and he's, it's sort of a release from this kind of almost too relaxed, you know, plodding beat. And he's finally like, finally telling this person of his affections, how beautiful they are. And I think that's the sort of thing that was missing. You know, I, I can feel that when I'm looking at the lyrics, I can feel that from Tulips, whereas with the other ones, I, I don't. So go along with that empty melodrama, it, it is sort of overtly serious at the same time, whereas Tulips has a a little bit of fun to it you know there's yeah i feel like the boys themselves as well are enjoying it a little bit more i mean that's obviously me totally projecting like they, should, they obviously love their older stuff as well but you know even like the you know the the song name the opening two lines is like tulips your lips but the way it's pronounced it sounds like a pun you know and i think like to turn tulips into a pun on your lips is ingenious but like obviously fun you know and, and not and not a mistake you know not something that sounds like oh they just don't know how to pronounce english words it, it feels you know very deliberate and yeah and quite funny I'm always intrigued when I see that Snooper has a new song out. I'm always hopeful, I guess, maybe is the word. Mm. And the first time I listened to it, you know, the start of it has these sort of woozy instrumentals. And then there's these bent notes that kind of mm. move back and forth a little bit. And I thought, wow, this is going to be really weird and great. Uh, and I feel like it didn't really fulfill that, like, then it just kind of went into a more normal song after that. Yeah, I'm like, similar with, with Lady, I think I'm like, I'm quite into it, but I'm not really listening to it too much. But I think they're an interesting group, you know, and people, a lot of people like are really behind them. And I think they like really turned on this song, you know, whereas this is the one I've connected to finally. I remember when the teaser for Star of Stars came out last year and I listened to it and I was like, this is going to be the greatest thing ever. You know, this, this, like this chorus is going to kill. And then I like, when it does come out, it's like, oh, it's just kind of that. And that's all they have, you know, these big synths that Sweet Tune have done so well. Now that's all they have, you know, because now that Monotree have split off from them, it's just a bit one note at this stage. Yeah. All right, well, let's move on to another boy band, kind of at Snooper's level, but maybe their moment is coming. I don't know. Uh, Pentagon's Shine. For sure. The song came out early in April. It's been out about a month now, and it just now is has made its way into the Billboard World Top 10. Uh, apparently, it's climbing the Korean charts, and they've 
extended promotions. And I've heard that a number of idols have been talking up the song, you know, outside of Cube. So it's it, it's one of the, you know, every once in a while in K-pop, there's a, a song that doesn't hit right away, and but but eventually it starts catching people's attention. And maybe, you know, it's been a while since Cube debuted a group that made it up to the to the top tier of k-pop and uh i'm not going to predict that yet for pentagon but they're having some success with this song for sure and you can see why the vocals are great you know obviously you know the dance performance is going to be great mm. it's got that really sticky hook with that piano that it mm. starts off with i've got a crazy theory about this song having to do with that piano hook so bear with me but it <laughs> it, it feels like it's it's setting a kind of an alternative tempo to the rest of the song. And it makes me think of Boa's Only One 2012 song and the way that the piano is used in that song. Only One is kind of a like mid-tempo love song. And if you just listen to the vocals, it's sort of a slower song. She's holding out notes. But it, at the same time, it starts out, you know, just like Shine starts out with this piano. Only One starts out with this super fast piano that goes throughout the song. And I think I think in Only One, you know, you've got the piano playing basically at twice the tempo of the rest of the song. And it gives the song a certain energy, but I think especially it allows Boa to do this incredible dance performance in what otherwise is a pretty slow love song. And in Shine, it's almost the opposite. It starts out with this piano riff, which is the main hook of the song, but it's playing at basically halftime compared to the rest of the song. <clears throat> so the rest of the percussion is faster and it allows Pentagon to do a great dance performance, but I'm not as clear on, you know, the effect of the slower piano riff on the song, mm-hmm. but it gives it feels seems like it gives it kind of a laid back groove, even though the rest of the song has tempo. And it's also kind of neat that they can drop off, you know, if they keep the piano and and drop off the rest of the percussion, suddenly you're in halftime, but you haven't added anything. You know, you've got the same some of the same stuff going on that was going on before so another thing is you know that that piano riff is so prominent and they also sing along with it and they kind of mirror it in the in the vocals having it play at halftime means you hear it half as often so Mm. i think it's less likely to be annoying like when i'm when i'm thinking about this and listening to the song and really focusing on it it's a little too much i think if Mm -hmm. you're listening to the vocals like most people are it's it's great and you don't you know too much would be too much i guess but really good song that's really interesting yeah. the effect it has is just probably the sort of playfulness you know it's like especially with like young boys there's this sort of sense and in, in the song that they're kind of going two ways at once it's like so t- totally deliberately doing that to me like you know over like messing around and having fun and it's quick and then but we slow down you know in contrast to that to make it all a little bit more playful is what I, I would probably suggest, you know, as, as its simplest form. Yeah, it is fun, and you and you anticipate it coming back, you know, coming out of the bridge or whatever. You're like, oh, here it comes. It's like predictable, 
unpredictability if that makes sense yeah <laughs> like you know something is going to change and when it does it still feels fun and it doesn't feel out of place but it, it lets it move around a bit more where the song works so well for me is how they use their rappers and i think when boy groups kind of go in this way it almost always go really goes really well where they give them regular raps but they also use them in the chorus and and block b have done this really really well on, on like songs like her and you know big bang have done it a bit in the past. You mean where you don't just segregate out the rap into its own section, but you sort of integrate it more into the song? Yeah, yeah. So they like maybe rap at the start or whatever, but then they, they do the choruses as well to keep a sort of, you know, kind of a rhythm and tempo to the song rather than bringing that big melody. Because like you said, you know, that piano is quite slow, so you can't match that melody in a chorus. But it's, it totally works because of the rappers being good, and particularly Edon, you know, like... Whenever he comes out with something, people seem to like reference Shana and G-Dragon in comparison, which is, you know, it's true, of course, but it's also like there's this small group of rappers who sound like that. And then all these other rappers who we talked about previously sound all this, the exact same, but no one ever says that, you know? Yeah. It's like really middle-of-the-road rap style is, has become too normal and like no one seems to care, care about that. Whereas when Edan, you know, does sound slightly like these two, maybe three other rappers but he still sounds great. And, you know, what makes the production stand out again here are the details, and it's his voice in the chorus. The first chorus, obviously, you can't hear it quite as well, but right at the end when the music cuts out uh, and there's a big the big high note and then he, he comes back in, is that you can, like, literally hear the moisture in his mouth <laughs> because of his sort of lisp. And that to me, that's, like, such a great production detail that that changes this song again, you know. And it's uh, obviously... Great work by um, Hui or Hoi. But yeah, in, in the way that he's producing for his members, you know, these people who he obviously knows really well, whereas an outside producer coming in, you know, and being like, oh, you're a rapper, you did a rap part. You know, you're a singer, you did a chorus, you know. And Hui can really, like, balance the song better because he knows these people rather than, you know, coming in as a, an outsider. Well, Joe, obviously we've reached the end of our allotted songs, but uh, there's a lot we didn't get to, to talk about. One especially stands out to me. I noticed that your moniker on Twitter has changed to <laughs> Banana Allergy Joe. Yes, yes. But we didn't uh, we didn't get to Oh My Girl. No, um, that was a very fun song, I, I will say. Um, I haven't actually gotten too deep into that album yet, which I've heard is great, so that's yeah, that's me. They maybe they could have been. I mean, I had my two top two, which is High Teen and Lovelies, and I wanted a boy group in there as well. So yeah, to be an in interest of fairness, I had to leave them out. Well, there's a lot. Of, I would have liked to have talked about Super Junior. Did some interesting stuff, and <clears throat> and Fix put out a a whole album. G Friend snuck in at the very end. Oh yeah, um, no, that wasn't particularly interesting. <laughs> um, yeah. If I hadn't written about Anda already, I would have talked about Anda and Primary's album. Yeah, uh, it's just four great songs, you know music videos with each of them. One of the music videos is actually a, a Nazi animation. 
um, which you know, if you look up, it's very interesting. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? <laughs> and and the rose, actually, you know, I'm very, yeah. I'm almost always not into um, kind of these idol bands, but um, their recent song uh, "Baby," you know, is kind of classic like emo pop punk type stuff, and uh, it was all uh, yeah, really really good. All right, good deal. Thank you so much for listening to uh, this episode of Cold Scenes K-Pop Unmuted. Be sure to subscribe and, you know, and review and listen on your, your favorite platform like iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and then you can find a SoundCloud link on um, coldscene.com where this will be published very soon. And uh, you can find me personally, uh, Joe Palmer, at, uh, at Captain Joe Hook on Twitter. And Stephen, where can the good people find you? On Twitter, I am at Tennessee Appeal. And you can follow at uh, K-Pop Unmuted on Twitter. It's at K-Pop Unmuted. And at uh, Cold Scene, at Cold Scene. That's uh, Cold with a K as well. Yeah, and uh, thank you again for listening. And we will talk to you again very soon. <laughs>